Hey everybody, welcome to the Better at Beach Volleyball podcast and YouTube channel and everything else. Today's Thursday, August 24th. I'm here with my buddy Matt Hazel. We're wearing matching attire. Uh, so if you're watching the video edition, you're welcome. Also, if you want some of these sweet polyester spandex blends that are SPF-proof, uh, moisture-wicking, and super lightweight, they're long-sleeve and hooded and light-colored, they're specifically for our people who are out there in hot weather and want to play some volley, want to put something on in between matches. Uh, this was recommended by our coaches so that we could save ourselves from overheating during coaching, and I think they're pretty sweet. So... Here's what's going to happen. We're going to include it in the link below, but you can get this and a bunch of our other swag and our new collection of hats. Matt, can you turn that hat around? Is that our? Is no, that it's, ours? Not, it's not oh, ours. I'm going to turn it out. Burn. I can't right. remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a free hat, though, so I'm going to use it. <laughs> nice. Uh, and we got our collection of hats. Just go to betterbeach.com forward slash shop. Uh, it's not quite ready at this moment as we're live, but probably by the end of today, we will be linking it. So if you're listening to this on a podcast version, uh, it's available. And we would love it. if you've been enjoying these episodes, if you've liked our podcast or our YouTube channel, if you could support us in some way. And one of the biggest ways that you can do that is by buying some swag and wearing it to some volleyball events. Um, that's it. We're going to get today. Today is a live member meeting. So that means that our members on betterbeach.com who have signed up for our coaching, the elite members get to meet with us twice a week and they are starting to populate into the group so that we're looking at their footage, whether it's workout footage, uh, match footage, practice footage, and we're helping them with their techniques and making next decisions. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. But for now, Matt, we were talking about some stuff off camera that we actually want to bring in an expert to really, really dive into the mental game. But what were we talking about off camera? And let's have a little quick discussion on it. Totally. Yeah. So I, I originally thought of it back in 2021. Uh, it was my first AVP qualifier ever. And so I drove to Atlanta. There was a huge storm that hit. And then it was really rainy streets, wet streets. And and then I got to my friend's house that I was staying at. And then the morning of the qualifier, I wake up. And I'm walking out to my car at about 7.30 a.m. Not running late. I'm comfortable at this point. And I get to my car, and one of my tires is completely flat. And so automatically, I'm like, first qualifier ever how could this be happening the day of a single elimination tournament that I'm going to be playing against some of the best guys in the country. And I mentally, that was just not the best start to my day. And so whenever that happened, uh, I like to think that it had a role in getting beat that day, <laughs> uh, which I'm, I'm pretty positive it did. Obviously the other team was probably way better than us at the time. Uh, with that being my first qualifier, and I, I believe it was a team that trained uh, pretty consistently down in Florida. So them being a better team, and then also the the mental battle that I went through that morning with something that wasn't even connected to volleyball in any way. It was just something that happened, a bump in the road that happened the morning of the tournament that messed with my mental space. Mm -hmm. And then that happened again for Manhattan 
Uh, but I felt like I handled it a little bit better this time. Just kind of like, oh, all right, cool. So I got a text on Thursday morning from my bank saying, hey, then this is the day of the qualifier, the Manhattan Beach qualifier. And it was saying, hey, we just got a report that you bought something at Lowe's in Ohio for a hundred some bucks. And I was like, and they, they said, is this you? And I was like, uh, no. And then they were like, great, report it for fraud. Call us right now. So I call them. They're like, hey, is this you? I was like, no, that's not me. So this is fraud. Yes, that's fraud. All right, we got to shut down your card. And I was like, all right. So now I'm stuck in California. I have no money because all my money is on that card. And so, so with that happening on the morning of the qualifier, uh, it messes with my headspace a lot. You know, like something separated from volleyball. So I guess I guess a good thing to talk about would be a healthy compartmentalizing uh, when when something like that happens. Uh, I guess answering the big question of how do I respond and how do I take a reset uh, whenever something like that happens on a big tournament day or even just a big training day where you want to do well. Um, so that's one thing that I've been wrestling with recently. Of how can I be untouchable with the headspace that I need to be in to perform my best? So I, I think that would be a really fun conversation to have with uh, some sort of professional in that realm. But, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the big gist of it. Man, doesn't that happen to everybody? Like, life hits yeah. <laughs> at yeah, the wrong tough. times. Uh, guys, from my experience on the world tour and from the guys who are currently doing it, the <laughs> travel situations – that you run into. I remember talking, Oh my gosh, how am I forgetting his name? <laughs> oh, now I, I can't believe, uh, Vagard, okay. Vagard Hoydalen. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Vagard Hoydalen was, I believe the first, uh, or at least the most successful Norwegian beach volleyball player before Andy Mole and, uh, and Sorum. Now he was known for just battling, authority on arbitrary rules in every situation. Like he was kind of like the McEnroe uh, of beach volleyball during that time. And he's a tough guy. He is a real tough guy. I got to train under him. He is no nonsense. I got to train a little bit against him. He's no nonsense. And he runs his own facility in Oslo. Um, and one time I had sand in my mouth and I like, I spit the sand out and he raged on me he's like this is my house how dare you spit where do you think that's gonna go and i was like okay yeah so he's a no-nonsense guy um but he had a big problem with the drug testing and the drug testing is still necessary but awful because they are allowed to come to your home at any time they can go to where you're sleeping. You have to update them with where you are every hour of every day wow. while you are competing nationally and eligible for, for drug testing. And so he had just basically flown around the world twice. Like he went from something like China to Brazil to Europe to the U.S. back to let's just say China. Like it was just an insane travel route. And imagine what your sleep is doing. So you're just barely attempting to sleep. And finally, you know, he finally gets to sleep with all this jet lag. And it's like 3.30, 4 a.m. And he gets a knock on his door. 
after all of that world tour travel saying, Hey, you have to wake up now for an hour and a half to pee, um, in front of this old guy. And, uh, he's going to sit with you for an hour, hour and a half and talk to you about the samples and what's going to happen. And it's just, Oh my God. Could you imagine that? Now you have to compete that day after you like Jeez. got woken up and they, they've since like made some rules light rules where they like, shouldn't try to go and get you, um, the day before a match and for me it was just i could imagine if i had had a kid at the time but i was like running airbnb so i sleep in multiple places and i'm at my buddy's wedding in san diego and this guy calls me and he goes hey um you have drug testing your schedule says you should be at your house i'm like i'm a I'm sorry, I didn't update you that I have to be at a wedding for my best friend right now. Like, you weren't on my mind, you know, Jeez. when I'm saying where I'm going to be 24-7. He goes, well, I mean, we could give you a fail. You could drive back here. You have 90 minutes to get back here. And I was like, what? No, impossible. He goes, or, and this was like one of the nice guys. He goes, I wish I would have known this because I live in San Diego. So he had driven up from San Diego to come watch me pee and take the samples and then go back down. He goes, I could stop at the wedding. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, otherwise it's a no-show. Unreal. So this guy has to like come, park at the wedding, walk into me, walk into the bathroom of the wedding with me to get a, a, a urine sample to see if I'm <laughs> not on drugs. And I'm just, oh my freaking God. You know? Um, so anyway, Unreal. That's, that's that. But... When that stuff happens, when life is interfering, when things aren't going your way, this is where we go back to the meditation and the mantra stuff. It's the practice of being within your own body, sensing your own breath, and literally just like kind of imagine that you had a friendly crawling bug that goes through your body and just watching it go through each body and feeling like each muscle feeling each limb so that you can bring your mind back to here now because even though a credit card fraud feels like here now all of my bank accounts are being robbed but i still have to compete you're not actually there right so you have to sense your own breathing you have to sense your own heart rate you have to sense how your muscles are feeling and then you have to accept all of that and then completely, like you said, compartmentalize or discard it and say, that's not what's important. One thing that I used to get into was with my body feels. At random days, I would say, you know, I just, my legs don't feel that same tightness that is my favorite tightness of my legs to feel. Um, or I had a long massage, so like my arms feel kind of like jelly. And how am I supposed to hit with this, with this jelly? And instead of doing that, you just have to say, this is where I am not this is not my prime or this is not my best just this is where I am not a comparison and then you have to go in and you have to trust your training and you have to battle that day but you have to release all of that stuff from the outside and this is why all those coaches college coaches high school coaches and hey high school parents who are listening this is this is why it's important to legitimately get rid of your phone for an hour before training like yeah. allow yourself that reset so that you're not being bombarded with that if you're the coach who is allowing or if you're the player and we have this as adults because we don't we all do have real lives but players out there shut off your phone 
during practice and stop checking for text and Instagram between points. Like, okay, it's a water break. That doesn't mean it's a volleyball break. You still need to be solving problems. And when we talk about flow state and how long it, it takes to get in and out of flow state or a focused mental state, every time you change what you're focusing on, it takes an average I, – I could be way off here, but it's like this is the minimum – of seven to eight minutes to then regain focus on what you're currently doing. So every time you break, and this is why me and Janelle also have a like, hey, I need these four hours to work. I need the door in our house to be closed so that I can do it. If it's an emergency, yeah, okay, let's do an emergency. But if it's like a random question of, hey, where are the paper towels? What's, um, Where's your shirt? It, there has to be this flow state. So when we're talking about practice, you got to shut off that phone. When we're talking about a tournament, an AVP tournament, even though everybody's wishing you luck and sending you text messages and it feels good, that doesn't matter because you have to be in your own mental state. So my, I know it's not possible for everybody just in case of emergencies or whatever, but before that match, find your time window where you have shut your phone off and you can't access it. Um, for you, would that have meant that the fraud claim would have still like not – no. You know, you could still claim fraud an hour later, two hours later, but now this is just because your phone was on, it flipped everything in your head, and now you're worried about something that's not there. So for everybody, uh, my favorite, again, favorite um, meditation app, and I've only had three of them, so we're not sponsored by them. Maybe because we mentioned them so much, we should reach out. But Headspace is a great meditation app. You can get a bunch of them, and you can start doing that. And... um, yeah, and then just a, a rule of shutting off your phone when it when it's time to shut off, and that goes for people who are working, training, in the gym. Like you don't need to record every workout unless it is a business for you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I was that, I was gonna ask. So we kind of talked about how someone themselves can avoid or like battle that best, but maybe talking to that parent who has a kid in a sport, what could, how could they help their kid not be distracted? Like, cause I, I think about whenever I would coach juniors and a lot of times they'd be receiving texts or phone calls right before the matches of, Hey, when's your schedule? Like what, what's going on here? Did you win? Did you like, what happened? Is everything good? You need anything. So it's coming from a great place. Mm-hmm but it's still this new pressure of I need to respond to my parent or like I need to let my parent know when we're playing or things like that. Um, So what would be your advice to a parent who is obviously wanting to support their kid best, whether that be in sport or art or music, whatever that may be school, Mm -hmm. getting ready for a big test. How would you, how would you give advice to that parent who's like, I want to support my kid, but maybe it just comes across as a huge bump in the road right before a moment that's very big in their, in their eyes, right? Like it may be a big deal to them, but sometimes it may not be to us and we may not see that. And then it's like, I want to, I want to love this kid best, but it just comes across as just another distraction. Pretty simple for parents who are there 
texting your kids and relying on your kids for finding their schedule and for knowing where you have to show up, parents grow up. Like, for real. If Imagine you're that employee. You're the employee that always asks for help, always asks where you should be, always asks like, oh, well, I, I don't quite know how to start. Get it done. Find a way. Like, you know, I know that we just went through this, you and me, but if you're having problems technically – there is a whole support team for software. Right. Go do that because anytime you peel energy from the performer, you're peeling energy from them. So you might want to support them. You might want the best for them, but your actions are not showing that because now you're taking from their focus. And instead of thinking about their game, thinking about um, what adjustments have to be made or meeting with their team or teammates or even them developing that team energy – Now you've broken that team energy because they have to sit there on their phone and we all know what it's like to have one friend who's just sitting there on the phone when we're interacting, right? And now you've brought the energy back to you. And you're saying, when you send that text, you're saying, I am the most important thing here. You're not actually putting that importance on the kid. Like, yes, I want to watch you, but parents, grow up, be a better teammate, be more responsible, find the websites, before the tournament where you're going to get those updates have a captain and a co-captain parent in the group that you know is like the ultra organized parent and have them be the ones that are sending this to all of the parents it shouldn't be every parent texting every kid it should be can we get a volunteer and this goes to the club director and the coach as well uh i did this at my wedding I knew this was going to come up and uh, I saw my best friend get married like three weeks, eh, maybe a couple months before I got married. And I saw him answering text and fixing a speaker and fixing the live stream so that his brother could watch his wedding. And I was like, Oh man. So I took that off of his hands. I was like, Paul, go get married. Like I've got this. I'll set up the live stream. I know how to work a computer, you know? And if I don't, I'll figure it out, but go enjoy this day. And so when I saw that before my wedding, I assigned, what did I have, three captains that were not my wedding party because my three brothers were my wedding party. Like, they're all my my best men. And I was like, normally they would be my captains, but they are a part of the show. So I had Joyner, right? I had, uh, and I had Joe Lambert. And I, th- I think I, I talked to Hudson, but I said, I need you guys to be my captains. I need, I'm going to share your numbers with every wedding guest. And any problem that they run into, because I'm not going to look at my phone once, can you guys figure it out? And they're all like, 100% yes. Boom. That's and awesome. they handle it. So if you can do that as a club director, as a coach, just say, I'm assigning this parent to say, you are the communicator for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, can you please help me out? And then your kids don't lose focus. And then you don't have to have these nonsense arguments about you put your phone away. Hey, we're in a meeting right now. Yeah, but it's my mom. Your mom needs to grow up. (laughs) I know she loves you, but this is performance time. And if she cares about the team and the performance and you doing well, she shouldn't be breaking your focus. She should be old enough and smart enough to look at a website or contact another adult to say, where are we? Where do we have to go? Yeah. I love that. Cause I, I look back at my time playing soccer, whether that be in high school or college and, and the best days that I would perform was whenever I would not hear from my parents at all before the game. Mm-hmm. I love my parents. I love hearing from them and everything. 
but then I'd see them show up on time and like, or even early and with the biggest smiles on their face, like no worry, no, anything that's, it looks like weighing them down in any way possible. And I would just see them up there smiling, not even coming down to talk to me. Like they're just their supporters. And that was what meant the world to me. And it got me in a really good headspace to where they weren't asking for anything. They were just there to support me. And I think that's such a cool role as a parent that you get, like you get to go and support while somebody else is critiquing your kid. Yeah. Like you, that's not your job whenever it comes to sports, your job is to support. They're already getting enough critique from the pros who are getting paid to do that. And so I think, I think whenever you look at that uh, and we can jump into the videos after this, but I, I love just looking back at my time playing soccer and, just thinking about that image of looking up into the stands and seeing my mom and dad just smiling and watching rather than, hey, hey, like, what's going on? You good? Anything good? Even if they're, like, asking if I need anything, it's just, it's still just a distraction. So to see them smiling and loose and excited to be there to watch me, it's like, that's all I need to perform well. It's really cool to look back at. And it's, it's, re- it's also really weird that they – you know, it feels good. It does feel like you're supported, like you have an army behind you. When you see all the support, the good luck text, you're like, oh, man, somebody loves me. That's that's cool. But that stuff needs to be done the night before. Totally. You know, and not yeah. at 10 p.m., like dinner time. And if you hit 8 p.m. and you're about to send a text, you don't know what their sleep rhythm is for your favorite athlete, um, for your kid, for somebody you love and want to support. Like send that the next day. And if you're thinking about sending a good luck text with 30 or 45 minutes left, you're now a part of the distraction. You know, you are taking away, not giving that confidence. So you save that for immediately after the match. Congratulatory. If you're in a tournament, guys on the AVP, girls on the AVP and everywhere else, that tournament day should not be for a phone. You know, you're losing focus. You're leaking energy constantly. So my recommendation is to get completely away from it. Um, And that in itself, Matt, will be its own podcast. So cut it there. Um, Guys, thank you for listening. Uh, For the elite members, this is, don't worry, we are just closing this podcast so that we can have a finish recording (laughs) and then we're going to your video. Um, But that's a a great episode and a great topic. So guys, hope you enjoyed that. And um, yeah, that's all. I guess that's the end of the episode. So see you on the sand. (laughs) Nice.